Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is the show where we talk spirituality from a geek's perspective. I'm Luke. And I'm Mike Perna. And this is the show that does not want to be made, my friend. I don't know what it is. I think you angered the internet. I did. I, 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 I somehow managed just to get on the wrong side of the entire internet today. The internet is a living, breathing entity, and it is really, really mad at you right now. Yeah, that's so a Doctor Who episode right there. It's also, uh, have you ever seen the show? It's it's a British comedy uh, called The IT Crowd. Yeah, I have. Do you ever see the episode where they, they convince her that the, they have the internet and it, they had it on loan? And it's, no. it's a little box, and she went to a, a big uh, speech saying that she had the internet in a little box. And everybody at the place was buying it. Like, that's the internet. Like, this They're is like, the most amazing product ever. <laughs> But, uh, so we're going to continue on. We'll, we'll push forward and hopefully uh, make it through this show. Uh, but Mike, in the meantime, h- how you been? I know you just got back from a weekend retreat away. I did. It was a lot of fun. It was, we went into it just, like, literally uh, all of the leadership um, spent pretty much the bulk of that week leading up to it, praying for the event and praying for the kids. Um, it was really cool because... Uh, not all of us could, but a number of us actually decided that we were going to take one day that all of us were going to just be fasting and praying just that, that God show up big time. And he definitely did, especially on, on uh Saturday night. Uh, we just had an amazing time with the kids and I, I was so proud of them. Uh, just because like all of the leaders, we were all talking about this, the fact that um, as leaders, you want to do the whole thing about, you know, training up the kids to do this and sending them out and, and that we're just equipping them to do ministry. Basically, you know, the job of any good minister is to work himself out of a job. And these kids, like, I don't know what, what it was other than, you know, the environment or just straight up God, but they really just, they came together in a way that we we haven't seen ever. And a lot of these kids knew each other for years beforehand. They just never sat down to talk. You ever have that situation? Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, for some reason, I mean, we we were the only ones at this camp, and these kids just clicked. And it's it's really amazing just to see how they kind of the banded together. Kids who started out the weekend who didn't even want to pray were going out of their way to grab other kids and pray together and pray for the needs of the other kids. And it was just, it was just an awesome weekend. But Luke, that that's not even all about the weekend. That's, I will say bar none. That's the coolest part of the weekend. Okay. That, that was, that was bar none. The coolest part. However, it was the second coolest part. This is the second coolest part because, um, especially because of the way that uh, our youth pastor kind of runs things. We definitely do a, you plan, you set some kind of boundaries, but you, you kind of let the Holy Spirit do what he do, as it were. All right. And so we kind of had this idea for what the weekend was going to look like, but then it kind of went in places we didn't plan. Like, uh, he decided that he wanted to show clips from the TV show Once Upon a Time. Okay. And it, trust me, I'm rather than go through the long story, trust me, it did fit what he was saying. Uh, I, I can agree. And um, so I, I kind of came in alongside him, and I was, I was bringing in games, and I was doing some other stuff, and doing the artsy fartsy stuff that I do so well. And um, I decided to really run with it. Like I brought, you know, a, a previously mentioned game. I brought Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time. Okay. Well, there you go. And. Uh, so yeah, and I I brought that amidst like six or seven other games. Let me just tell you, I wasted my time and effort bringing the six or seven other games to, to this retreat because on Saturday we had like five hours of free time scheduled, and all five hours and then some were spent with these kids playing Once Upon a Time. Nice. In fact, we just got back. What was it? Yesterday we just got back and two of the kids have already gotten back to me saying that they've they've ordered their own copies of Once Upon a Time. See, Mike, that is why you are the perfect host for this show. You you take a group of people, you take them out into I assume it's the wilderness somewhere. Oh yeah, it was out in a room nowhere. or something. 
It was and, downright scary to drive out there because the road gets real narrow and the road I, is just, there's nothing on either side of you. You take this group of people out there and you transform them. You turn them into people who want to pray and play geeky games. Hi, you're perfect. Well, I got, there's no one else who could host this show. I was I was so happy to, to in I was in my element because there's two things that I like to talk about above all else, and that's talking to people about having a relationship with God and talking about the nature of story and storytelling. And this weekend, I got to do both at the same time, and it was so cool. Very nice. That is awesome. So, uh, Luke, how about you? What have you been up to? What have you been up to and the family been up to? Ah, uh, you know me. I'm always in my crazy way. At the moment, I am making sausage and rendering pork fat. Uh, mm, because that's how I roll. Fat. Yeah, and in fact, my house right now has that sort of sort of subtle undertone of bacon. Sort of that <laughs> slaughterhouse vibe? Like <laughs> it, it does smell better than you might expect. Uh, I gotta tell you, among the, the scents... Like, I'm sure it smells a lot better than I would imagine, but just the description of I'm rendering fat. It does. It makes it seem like, like some plant or, or some worse than that, some factory, not even in like a Victorian England, but in like some creepy, like George R. R. Martin novel. Like in right? Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I don't have law. It lies dangerous. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so doing my crazy food things, uh, and then also we are getting into birthday season around my house. We have ah. three within 14 days, and uh, so that means a lot of visiting family, which, Mike, thank you very much, by the way, for juggling your schedule around and being willing to, to record on a moment's notice, because I, I find out that I have family coming in, and you know what, <laughs> having, having family in the background, not so good for the podcasting thing. Not, not uh, really, no. Yeah, excuse me, uh, mother-in-law, could you just sit silently for an hour and a half? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it doesn't go that way. It doesn't yeah. go over well, so. Uh, but otherwise, you know, just uh, just doing my thing, and uh, recording guys can read as well. You know, like, uh, one of the things I love about doing all this podcasting, and it, it's happened on Guys Can Read, and now it's starting to happen on Game Store, is that I get to meet all kinds of people and have conversations with people, even people I know, but different kinds of conversations that we would never have had before. Right. Because they're listening to this show. It's crazy. They won't talk to me about these things in the first place. But when necessarily. It's the it's the power of the internet. It is. And so people hear the voice and they they kinda oh wow. They kinda start listening and realize, oh, okay, this is something this guy's into and that we can talk about together. And uh you know, over the last couple of weeks, you know, when the show first started, right? Of course, obviously, the people who first started listening to Game Store Profits were the really people f- that we recruited, right? People <laughs> we knew, or there was some carryover from the guys can read crowd. Which, yes. hey, guys can read crowd, love you. We love and, you, people, absolutely. Uh, so that you know, that all made sense. But along the way, as we do more and more of these episodes, and I think we're on, what, 14 right now? Yes, we are. Um, and they're long episodes, so that takes a little gumption to do just 14 of these things. I just like the fact that you just use the word gumption. Gumption, yeah. I'm actually a 92-year-old man. I look, I look good in my profile picture, but uh, uh, anyway, so I've been having more and more of these conversations, and over the last couple of weeks, several times... I've had the same conversation. And so I want to bring you into the conversation now. I love conversations. Bring me on in. All right. So it is people who've been saying, I love the show. And I love it because you and Mike are real deal, honest to goodness geeks. Yeah. To say the least. We are, At, we are farm raised geeks. Exactly. That's exactly right. Is that, and that's their point is that we are like born and bred. Geeks, and uh, it's not. I don't come from a geeky family. Your family sounds a little my, more geeky than mine. My family definitely has geek roots. Yeah, but I, I really like if if there was a way that you could plan to raise a geeky child, my mother did it. Nice, right? And so I kind of, and I was probably, well, I mean, it depends on what you count as like geek roots. I mean, I was full on hardcore by junior high. And, you know, well on my way in, like, third grade. So, for me, geek culture is, has been part of my life forever. But here's what's interesting, is everybody who's talking to me about that 
are people who weren't born and raised in geek culture. Ah, and what the, they love the about geek the sh- curious. Yes, exactly. And what they love about the show is that they can kind of find out a little bit more and kind of sort of listen into the conversations that they weren't able to to ha- to listen to or to take part in before. Mm-hmm. And that got me thinking about all of these guys who, like you say, they're geek curious. They they want to they want to find their way into the world, so to speak. Now, now I will I will do the you know normally I don't really care about this, but I I I, I want to take a point to say this. You know, we say guys, but I, I want to just make the call out there to our geek ladies as well because I gotta tell you, I've been just really bombarded not not by the guys the guys i know we're geeks we we are yeah we are the born and raised geeks but i gotta tell you the the ladies that i've been talking to about the podcast and about what we say on here i mean yeah i i love talking to them about it because there's been this whole idea for a lot of years that it's only the only guys get into this stuff and that is a load of garbage and i gotta tell you that i have uh, a lot of, of wonderful ladies that, that come to me talk about this geek stuff. And and uh, e- even with my youth group kids, a lot of the, the kids that really get excited about the stuff that I'm doing with them, it's a lot of the girls. And that's it's really cool to see that that um, geek is becoming more and more inclusive. Oh, absolutely. That and, it's, and- not, it's not just the basement lurkers. It's, you know, there's, there's a, a broad spectrum of the populace here. Well, and I, so I want to talk about that, and and I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. I should be saying guys and gals, and uh, except that nobody says gals anymore, unless you're I don't know from South Carolina, maybe. Um, but you know, I want to talk about this whole thing, right? You know, let's let's just assume, and I realize it's probably not entirely accurate, but let's just assume that geek is the new cool, right? And that all of the people who for whatever reason, either weren't exposed to geekdom or had a social structure in their life where if you were a geek, you kind of, you, you might not have had the same friends that you had. All of those kind of things, right? Anybody now, growing up pre-2000. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I, I, you're right. I, it's amazing. I, I think about my niece who is, you know, she's a teenage girl, total geek. And no, like, social problems with that whatsoever. But we didn't have that. Not at all. Especially not for a teenage girl at that time when we were growing up. But even for guys. And so I want to kind of talk about this whole idea. And I think I want to talk about it in the framework of conversion. Ooh, an interesting term. Because in a sense, that's kind of what it is. Now, the reason I, I think about conversion is because I was thinking about this in terms of my spiritual conversion experience. Okay? Had a couple friends who were, you know, they were youth group kids who were pretty excited about their faith and um, shoved it at me. (laughs) And, of course, there was a time in which I found that extremely annoying. Uh, But eventually I did get curious and I did ask questions and they did answer my questions and point me in a direction. And I would say that for me, the internal change, the spiritual change started in private. Right, And I think that's probably the case for most everyone. There are people who have those really dramatic, like, hey, I'm in a place, I meet a person, and all of a sudden my life has changed kind of moments. But that's not how it happened for me. And then I had to make the decision to go find a church and to be part of a church family and to figure out what all that meant. Now, I think there's an analogous kind of thing that happens in geekdom, right? We have people who are interested Maybe they're listening to a podcast, and they're like, I kind of like this stuff. But then, where do they go? How many times have you been sitting in your game store, Mike, and seen somebody and known that the second they walk in the store, this person's new? Yeah. And you can totally see it in their eyes. They're like freaking out. I'm sure it's how I looked probably the first time I went into a game store, even though I was maybe 10 at the time. But I know it's how I looked when I was 17, and it was the first time I walked into a church. Mm-hmm. And this feeling like, I don't belong here, but I'm interested, and I want to be part of this. And so, I guess I kind of want to talk about it from the perspective of those of us who are on the inside, and also from the perspective of those who are on the outside trying to make their way in. 
Well, yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation just because of the fact that it there's so much that's out there that's kind of we kind of touched on it the last episode, kind of the the things that are out there to express the idea of what it means to be a geek and what geeks are into and things like that. Right. Like like people that that don't show any kind of geeky tendency, I'll have long conversations with them about the wonder that is the Big Bang theory. Right. Well, let let me let me kind of be more specific then. Because when I, we talk about being a geek, I really think there's two things that we could be talking about, and the ter- there's a lot of overlap. There's, there's a lot of nuance and, and stuff going on when you right. talk about this. So one of them is, is like a way of being and a way of seeing the world. It is the geeky way. Of, and so in that sense, you can be a coffee geek. Yes. Or you can be a truck geek or a football geek. The philosophy. A, a philosophy geek. Or my wife is, without question... A papercraft geek. Ooh, fun! And it, and it's not the same as like a Warcraft kind of a geek. It's a very no, different I, thing. Yeah. And but like, you know, she's got knowledge about these kind of things that that frankly nobody in the entire universe would want. That only other people who are only, interested right. in that kind of thing are looking for. Right, and that that is a way of going about the world. Not everybody lives that way, but some people do. However, I think really what we're talking about today, Mike, is the culture. Right. Is the geek culture. And that is something that's been established probably since the 70s. It's something that for a long time and has had this additive process of, you know, Lord of the Rings and then comes Star Wars and D&D and all of these things that have built up the game store culture. They are part of our lexicon. They are part of the way we understand the world. It's why we get the jokes on Big Bang Theory just a little bit more than everybody else. <laughs> right? And those it's those things that I think is what intimidates people. Well, yeah, it, it's the kind of thing where, and, and, and I've discovered this happens a lot when I'm, I'm talking with my collective of, of geek friends and everything like that, and there's somebody else there who may or may not be an already a friend in another capacity, like a non-geek friend of mine happens to be there when we're having these epic geek discussions, and just the look of, I have no idea what you people are talking about, it just just completely glazes over their face. Well, absolutely. And it's, you know, there, there are references, and there are, like I said, there's this whole, like, well, it's a lot like a religion, isn't it? There's a whole phrase book. Right. And beyond the phrase book, there are the stories that originated those phrases. And so you know what you mean when we'll use something simple, you crit on a d20. Right? Right. We know what rolling a 20 means. But most people don't. And so we just are talking and are talking because we're in our place, in our game store, whatever the equivalent place is. And someone comes in. So, Mike, I want to talk about some of those places. Absolutely. What are the places where people can find their way into geek culture? Maybe somebody's listening to the show right now. They're like, I love what these guys talk about. They sound like they have fun all the time. And they're not like crazy pagans who hate God. I'm into this. Let's figure out. I want to get deeper in. Where are places people can find their way deeper in? It is, I'm not going to lie, the, the reason we're doing this episode is because it's not it's easy. Not, it's not easy. Right. Because it's it's hard to make a general statement when it comes to this, because game game places and geek places and all this stuff, it's really like, you, you, you want to keep going with the church analogy, it's like, you can go to one Baptist church, and then go somewhere else and go to another Baptist church. Those churches aren't the same. Right. So... Uh, you know, part of me, my, my initial gut reaction is to say things like, oh, if you're one of the fortunate people who has a game store that's right there in your neighborhood, go frequent that place, hang out, talk to the, the owners of that place, because it's definitely going to be a locally owned place. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think there's any other option. Uh, no, there's no, there's, once the Wizards of the Coast stores started disappearing, we've lost all chain gaming stores. Yeah, in a way, you, you could probably find a games workshop yeah. where you are. And the uh, the cool thing about that is the employees have to be nice to you. 
<laughs> they are required. They are required by a corporate structure to teach you the game <laughs> and uh, to be cool about it. And, and you know what? Most of them really are. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed, especially about Games Workshop stores, is that the people who run, not, not necessarily the employees, but for sure the people who run the store, they're the ones who've been able to live through lots and lots of years of geekery. Right. And so, you know, and, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a, a, a maybe a, a little pearl of starter wisdom here is that it's find an old geek. Yeah. Find somebody who's been around the block for a while. Yeah. I totally, you know, for me, when I look back, I had old geeks. I, you know, I can't really say that I had old geeks in the, in the, in the strict term of people who are of, of a farther along the trail of years kind of perspective. Um, I can say that I have had a handful of people in my existence that that have kind of embodied the I've done this for a while kind of mentality. Right. Um, the people who kind of looked at me and said, hey, that stuff that you think is kind of okay. Yeah, I've been doing this for years. I can show you not only that, but six other things that are kind of like that. Yeah, and I think that the, the people will find that there are lots of us who maybe in our day-to-day life you'd never know that we've been playing board games for 15 years. Right. And those people are there and, uh, you know, try to seek those out. You, you were talking about game stores. Yes. The, the, the thing about game stores is, is that I've been in some, and it's, you know, some of them, I don't know what it is, but some of them I've been in, and the, the people who work there are just snotty, like arrogant jerks who's like my game is the best game ever. Right. And you know, if you want to learn how to DM for instance, you have to DM like I DM. And I'm just like I'm I don't want to be here anymore. The, the there was one, I remember it. It was in my local mall and this was when I was in I was in high school and my buddy and I were walking through this store just looking at I think we were looking at Magic the Gathering cards at this point. And um the guy the guy was talking to another customer and the customer was trying to get some help with some with one of the games that she was going to buy for her son and uh he just looked at her and the the store was called the gamekeeper and he looked at her and he goes well we're the gamekeeper we should know and i'm nice. like what is wrong with you you know i actually kind of think that most of those stores have sort of gone by the wayside they kind they kind of do just because nobody wants to go to them well and there are some really amazing online stores Right. That we've talked about on the show before. We have. So that, and they're always cheaper than your friendly local game store. And, you know, I also host a book review show, and we talk about, you know, there's always cheaper to buy a book on Amazon. Frankly, it's almost always cheaper to buy a game on Amazon. Mm. The only thing that the local store has is people. Yeah. And, you know, like our game store, it's interesting, I you know... People could probably figure out what our game store is based on where I live, but if you're looking that hard, you you need something else to do. Uh, <laughs> was owned by a guy, and you could tell the guy wanted out of the business, and he was he was good about it, but you could tell he felt like he was he was had to be good because it was his duty, and so I didn't go back for like months because it just wasn't fun. When I get back, there's somebody new at the at the table, right? It's the new owners. And these people are super, like, warm and excited about the games and will teach you anything and will just chat with you until you're like, I have to leave now. And uh, so I think, I, I hope at least most local game stores are going that direction. And, and yeah, and if you can find one that's like that, if you want, there's, not, there's no better place than to the dive headlong into geek them than a game store where the people there are really passionate about what they're doing and enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. Because those guys, those guys will tell you what's out there. They'll tell you what, what they like. They'll tell you even the stuff they don't like. They'll be like, a lot of people are playing this. Like they'll, they'll, they'll kind of keep you abreast of what's going on out there in the geek world. Right. And, uh, and, and a lot of times you'll, you'll get the kind of social activity there too, because a lot of these stores you know, as you said, you know, you can get a lot of this stuff online, but the, it's the interaction within the store that gets people to come to a brick and mortar kind of game store. So a lot of these stores will hold tournaments 
And, you know, granted, oh, and, and now, and most of them, it's just, you know, sign up. We're going to see how many people we have signed up and then we'll run it from there. So it's not like you have to be like some, like ranked on some kind of gaming, you know, chart or something. You just show up. That kind of stuff is always really fun. And as long as you treat it like I'm just going to go here to have a blast and to learn some stuff, it's it's a lot of enter. It's a lot of fun. And with a lot of the more established games, they will even have like four times a year, maybe. You can just go to the game's website. You know, if you go to Magic, if you go to Warhammer, if you go most of the, if you go to BattleTech, if you go and you go find these games, right? It'll tell you a D and D for sure, for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. In fact, I'm going to talk about D&D in a minute, but it'll tell you, like, we're having these national get-to-know-the-game days. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wi- Wizards is great about that. Oh, Wizards is the best at that. But you can go, and they'll give you, not give you, but they'll sell you a small starter set. And, or they'll let you play with the starter set on that day. You don't even have to buy the thing. You don't get to keep it if you don't buy it, but they'll have everything there you need and they'll be teaching the game on that day. Our game store every weekend teaches a new game. You know, it's on a schedule and some games they teach right. on a regular basis, but any weekend you go there, they will teach you a new game. They will have everything you need and they'll sit down and have you help you learn how to play. And, you know, we were talking about uh, Wizards. Wizards is the best at this. Uh, I, I really think... The thing they call D&D Encounters is an amazing way to get into geekdom. Right. Because, I, you know, but that's the kind of geek I am. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, D&D is one of the tent poles of geekdom. Of, of geekiness. And, one, of uh, the five, one of the five pillars of geek. Right. And uh, what uh, the D&D Encounters are is they are a preset thing. You come on Wednesday night to your game store, and it doesn't matter if you've never played before, it doesn't matter if you weren't there last week, it doesn't matter if you can't make it back next week, they'll give you a character and put you into a hole in the ground and teach you how to fight bad guys. And that is really, really fun, and it takes just like two hours, and a great way, I think, to get into your game store, to meet the owner of the game store, and to meet those couple of people, because the people who are leading those groups... They're the evangelists, right? Yeah. Because the people who are kind of the, the uh, insert bad word here, DMs, <laughs> um, they're off leading their own group that they have control over. They're not going to be the ones who are leading the D&D encounter groups. Right. Uh, another little aside, if you just kind of want to get to know what D&D is all about, and you've wondered for a long time, you've heard us talking about it, go to youtube type in chris perkins oh chris perkins i aspire i aspire to someday shine the shoes of chris perkins to carry his miniature bag i would pay large sums of money to play in a chris perkins game he is he is the dungeon master yeah i I think i mean he literally works for wizards and he is there you know when they need a dungeon when they need a dungeon master, they bring him out. He writes a uh, weekly article about being a better dungeon master. Uh, and and he is everything that is good about the game. And so definitely check that out on YouTube. Uh, you can find the Penny Arcade PvP games. You can find lots of games with sort of the the iconic D&D people. Um, and yeah, so Chris Perkins, you can definitely do that. Um, you know, Mike, what other, what other ways do you think people can find their way into geekdom? You know, I think um, one thing that I, I, I kind of like about, about getting into geekiness is the, the idea, like, we've, we've kind of touched on the find geeks that are established and go hang out with them, but there's also something to be said for a bunch of people who, who are all kind of curious together and who just all decide that they're going to take the plunge. Like, they're all kind of sitting at the cliffside going, all right, I'm going to jump on the count of three, jumping with me. Okay. Um, so if you had like a group of three friends and you were thinking about doing this, what do you, how do you think they ought to go about it? Well, it, it all depends on what you want to get into. Um, because like if with D and D, if like you and like three to four of your buddies just say, we want to get into this. 
because this is exactly how I how it happened to me. Yeah, me too. I, you know, a handful of us said we want to get into this, and so you discover very quickly there are three books that you need. But now you don't even need that. You don't even need that. You can you buy the red up. box. Well, yeah, you can do that. You can go online, which is what I do at this point, which my books haven't even seen the light of day in a while because of the online thing. But um, there's lots of different opportunities to do that. And um, and just you just figure it out. And you figure it out together, which is a really cool aspect. The idea of you guys coming together and figuring it out for yourself. And kind of that knits you together as a group. And at the same time, you find yourself kind of making realizations about the geek world in general. And at that point, it gives you kind of a footing. Because you know how, how we, you know, we go back to that church analogy. And that whole idea of you walk into a church for the first time, you've just become a believer, you have no idea what church is about, and you just kind of wander into the back. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. I think we all have at one point or another, unless you were brought up in the church. You know, it it's it's a little bit easier if it's you and like two or three of your buddies, as opposed to just you. Right. That idea that that we're coming into this thing, it's new, it's different, it's a little scary, but we're in this together. Like we're trying to figure this out and and when you're scared, you know, we're scared. And when it's fun, we're having fun. It's that, that idea that, you know, it's the buddy system of geekdom. You know, bring a buddy and, you know, you're not going to get lost. I think that you definitely uh, would feel better walking into a game store in pairs, at least, the first time. Right. Uh, you know, not because you need to. Honestly, if you just go by yourself, you'll be totally... You'll, you'll be fine. There's... Well treated. <laughs> but yeah, it's that, that idea of shared experience. And that's something that, that's kind of been a theme in a lot of our episodes, the idea of shared Absolutely. experience. You know, and I think that when it comes to somebody who says, I want to I wanna kind of get into this whole geek thing, how do I do it? I think the fundamental answer to that question is to play with us. Yes. Play matters so much to geek culture. It is founded on the concept of play. And, you know... For us, we are the people who remember that when we were kids and we were playing, it wasn't just something childish that we did. Play is a fundamental way of teaching us how to understand life. And, and you know, I hate to do this. I hate it because it's, it's a completely false dichotomy. But, you know, the old days, right? At least the stereotype was it was the geeks and the jocks. Right. Well, what was the difference between the geeks and the jocks? The jocks competed and the geeks cooperated, right? Uh, we we learned how to play together versus play against one against another. Against one another. And so playing with us is super, super important. So I'm going to give one more way that you can get into geekdom. And this will allow us to transition into our favorite conversation. Yay! And that is to play an MMO. <laughs> I honestly think it's easiest, most direct, most visceral, most helpful method of becoming a geek. Let me give you a couple of reasons why. Maybe you're a gamer who has played on the Xbox Live or the PSN, and you believe that everybody who plays video games is a jerk. Because on Xbox Live or PSN, they are. They are. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... You know, when you, it is a completely different world when you get into the MMO space. These are people, again, this, it's, it's absolutely the difference. Call of Duty is jock video gaming, and Sweater is geek video gaming. It is cooperative play. <laughs> Luke, rem remember now, we're doing an episode about those who are on the outside of geekdom. Sweater, for those of you playing our home game, is Star, <laughs> Star Wars, Wars The, the Republic. Old Republic. Yes, but they have listened to this show. That's so true. At the we, very we, least, we, 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 we've, we been have, using, we've been using Sweater a lot. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have done our job uh, catechizing anybody who's listened to this show. True. Um, you get on, first off, they're easy games to play. They're fun. They have enough stuff that you can do no matter what you're into. And you can very quickly, especially if you're playing on Beggar and Colony, 
Yeah. Find people to play with. And, you know, you're not going to find... Yeah, maybe at the end game you will find people who are a little bit more competitive and who will, you know, be expecting of you to behave in a certain way, but that's by level 50. You've had a couple of months of gameplay at that point. You probably expect yourself to play that way at that point. But it, it's just an, an easy way to get in and to get to know some people. And uh, it's, it's mostly text. Uh, you can get event server and, and do things voice-wise, but you don't have to. And, you know, for, for me, it's the way that I have, I think, probably most stayed connected with Geekdom while I have lived in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it It is hard to be a geek in the middle of nowhere. It's hard yeah, to maintain well, It's hard that. to be anything in the middle of nowhere because, True. you know, there's just, there's less pool to draw from in terms of people who have similar interests to you. And and probably you're right in the sense that there is a lower percentage of geeks here than there might be in, say, Southern California where I grew up. But, uh, you know, I think that that is, uh, that's a viable option at least. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of places, and the the biggest thing is, it's really funny, because so many people are just, they're, they're standing on the edge kind of terrified to jump in. I think so. And, and I think the best piece of advice we can give is, is that we're not going to bite. Yeah, we're not sharks in the water. I mean, if there's one thing, like, like let's take this, um, this weekend in Once Upon a Time, for example. I... I have not been hesitant to say that Once Upon a Time is my favorite card game that I've ever played, ever. However, it's been a long time since I've actually been able to play it because I can't find people who actually enjoy playing this game with me. And then I, you have no idea how giddy I was when the, the, the kids just jumped on it like they did. At the same time, I have a collection of card games, and the rest of them didn't get played. And if you tell me that you want to learn how to play those things, and you want to join in with me and and enjoy those things that I like but don't get to do because no one's coming in with me. Oh, I will, I will welcome you with with arms wide open and just just thank God that you showed up. I yeah, I hope that it's always that way, and yet we, most of the time we don't think that it is. Can I, I'll give you an example that's completely random and that might actually turn some people off, but I'll give it to you anyway. I want to learn how to hunt fun. I'm a cook. I am passionate about traditional food ways. I'm rendering lard right now. My, my Christmas gift from my wife, okay, this is, the, the person who knows me best was butchering classes. This is what I like, okay? I didn't grow up in a place where hunting was a thing. I grew up in a place where hunting was absolutely not a thing. The anti-thing. Right. And I want to learn how to do this. And I will admit that I'm like kind of nervous about going into the hunting store. But should I be? Like, they're hunters. They're into hunting. They want people to be into hunting. They sell people hunting stuff. It seems completely like, so the reasonable part of my brain goes, they'll be happy to see you. But there is that part that says, oh, I'm nervous. And this is new for me. Okay, so Mark, how do we, as the people inside the game store, Make it a little less nerve-wracking, can we? I mean, it's going to be a nerve-wracking thing no matter what, right? Well, I, I think I think there's gonna there's always going to be that aspect of this is their thing, and and even though you can try your hardest to to take that wall down, there's always going to be that moment when they walk into the store and go, "I'm invading their territory," especially if you have that air of "I've been here before; these people know me." But I, I think that doesn't change the fact that you have to to step up. You know, it's the kind of thing that we encourage people to do in our churches all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the spiritual transition conversation here is, it's almost completely apparent. You know, it's, yeah. it's so the same thing. It's, it's clear. It's, um, you're trying to welcome people into the thing that, that, you, that you care about, the thing that, that you feel is important and useful and wonderful. I mean, obviously, it's not the same level, but at the same point, the methodology and the philosophy behind it is the same. It's the idea of you want to make people feel welcome. You, I mean, 
granted you want to work with them you don't want to like like have eight people rush a new person be like hi how you doing can i give you a pikachu like (laughs) you know i you don't want to do that because then they're like you people are weird and i don't want to join your pokemon cult but at the same point you know you just kind of be you and kind of welcome if you see people looking through Say, you know, just say things like if they're looking at a game that you're interested, be like, that's really good. Have you ever played it before? And if they say no, then maybe you give them some hints like maybe like, yeah, that's a really good game. You know, how, you know do you game often? You know, make suggestions because trust me, if you're in a geek store of any variety, I'm overwhelmed. There's so much stuff that's constantly flowing in and out of that place. But at the same point, you're investigating. Trust, I, I, I have no money. I'm looking to get married in basically four f- four months from now. I'm not spending a dime, but I can still tell you what's coming out in my local game store. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you, you, you have that. You have that information, and it's how you choose to use that information, which will either rush people out of the door or welcome them in. And so I would encourage anybody who's on this side of the fence to just, yeah, to welcome them, to understand where they're coming from. They're not going to know your slang. They're not going to know the words that you're using or, you know, and it might come down to even basic things like, oh, it's a D20. I'm sorry. I'm so used to that term that it seems weird to not know what that means. But I said that to somebody who's never gamed before and they're like a D what? Right. Yo, yeah, or what's 3D6? What's huh? 3D6? Excuse me? Right. I, I said I said I crit something, and they're like, what, what, what what's that? Um, well, that's, you know, the first for couple of days we were playing The Old Republic. Yes. I just assume everybody knows what sheep means. <laughs> right. Not everybody Now, we does. do have a fairly geeky constituency. Now, but, for those of you playing our home game, when you're playing a video game, of a MMO persuasion. A term that came about because of WoW, and even that, I'm going to define, World of Warcraft. <laughs> um, It was basically, if you're a wizard, you can turn somebody into a sheep. Right, like turning them into a newt. And so Which, it, by the way, is a reference to a Monty is a Python, Monty Python And the circle <laughs> See, we continues. can do this, we can just keep going. <laughs> and, um, and so the whole idea is, is that, you know, when you're talking about I'm going to turn that guy into something, or I'm going to stop him from fighting us. Sheeping them became a term. And so, when you're talking to new people who don't know anything about this, kind of back off from those terms. Yeah, or at least try. At least try. I will, I'm totally going to admit that, you know, I've got a good friend who might happen to host a podcast that I am also on, uh, that... Every once in a while, I just I have to stop and realize he has no idea what I just said. Not at all. Not a clue. And I gotta tell you, every once in a while, I'll be listening to Guys Can Read. Oops. And, uh... <laughs> and, and I'll totally hear you say something, and just the silence, the <laughs> silence that's awaiting you, and I'm just like, yeah, he has no idea what you just said, dude. Yeah, so, I mean, we do it, and everybody does it, and guess what? Christians do it, too. We do it. We do it. We've got it down to an art form. I think. I don't think those things necessarily turn people off. I think they just make it a little bit harder. It's just. It's an. It's a. An unneeded distraction from you know what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Because they, let's let's cut it all the way back to communication 101. Communication is one person sending a message and the other person getting that message. If you don't have the both the sending and the receiving, there is no communication. So if you're using all sorts of weird little words that only people who already know what you're talking about know, nobody knows nobody learns anything. Nobody so grows. Th- <laughs> yeah, so you have to make sure that every now and again, especially when there's new people around, that we are defining our terms. And you know what? I we're totally willing to do that. I mean, I can clearly remember the first times in World of Warcraft, I'm running a raid, which is a multiple-person experience in a dungeon, and they're asking me, hey, you're the hunter, you need to trap this guy. Can you chain trap? Uh, what's chain trapping? Right. You know? 
And I, so I had to learn what that was. They taught me what that was. I screwed up a couple of times, but they didn't care because I asked. And that's, that's one thing that I do think that as people who are coming in, don't pretend you know what you're doing. No, no, that's, don't. that's when things go bad. And that's going to get people angry at you. Because if you act like you know how to play and you don't, you're going to just, you're going to devalue everybody else's play experience. And that's not going to go well. But if you come in totally honest about the fact, I don't know what I'm doing, we will teach you how. Yeah, and that I think that's universal throughout all, all, all geekiness, all expressions. Like, um... And we've we've kind of been focusing on the aspect of gaming because, oh, yeah. like, because as you said, and rightfully so, gaming is very important to geek culture. It's fundamental. It all it always has been. It always will be. And even the stuff that kind of branches out and the, on the edges of geek culture, there's a game version of it. I promise you, there's a game of it, and somebody is playing it. But um. Like even, even let, let we we can even branch this out. Like I've uh, the conversation about television shows. When why do you like that television show? Why is it entertaining? Why why are there you know six shooters in outer space? Why you know why is all this stuff happening? And you can you know maybe your reaction is to go oh I can't believe I got to explain this. Okay, this is this and this happened here and this is this. It's an opportunity to welcome somebody into your world, right? It's an opportunity to bring somebody in to celebrate the same kind of stuff you celebrate so that you can do that together. You know, all this cool stuff, you know, that, that you enjoy and that, that, you know, I know for me, the stuff that I love to do, I always, I always welcome people into that. The way I conduct myself is not for everybody. And that's something that, um, I've, I've come to really appreciate, you know, with my fiance. Because she is very much quiet and, you know, kind of behind the scenes and all this stuff. And that's her personality, and it is wonderful, and I love her. But that's not me. I'm very much way up front, way in your face. I'm going to, you know, basically do funny voices and sing show tunes in the middle of a loaded cafeteria. That That's me. And so... You get this opportunity to invite people. They don't necessarily are always going to jump into it, but you get the chance to invite people to be where you are. And you'd be amazed. Sometimes that invitation gets shot down, and sometimes that invitation gets taken. And I'm sorry, if you see my fiancé and I watching Doctor Who, that invitation was taken. <laughs> right. Well, and I, you know, the, the, the sort of one of the philosophies I live by whether it's geek culture or Christian culture or my food or my family or whatever. It is one step deeper. Right. I never invite people to go more than one step deeper than they are. Right. Wherever that happens to be. I don't ever say you have to come all the way to where I'm at because I remember what all of the steps were that got me to this place. And so I try to invite people to go one step deeper. You know, if you're wanting to, me to teach you how to cook, I'm not going to sit you down and say, hey, here's what I did for some giant family meal last week. Right. Not going to do that. But I might teach you how, I'm probably going to say, well, what do you like cooking? Okay, let me show you a way to do that just a little bit more handmade. Right. You know? And the philosophy continues in the gaming world. You know, you're never going to say, hey, newbie, you're the DM next week. Right. We're never going to do that. Well, and here, I love this. This is great because this, this weekend we had a moment like that. Um, one of the girls, we, there's a game that has been involved with every youth group I've worked with at some point or another. It's a game called Mafia. And I'm not talking about the video game. I'm talking about a game that's, <laughs> I'm talking about a game that's played by a bunch of people. It's, it's a party game. Right. And the whole, uh, you know, close your eyes, werewolf, that kind of thing. Right. That kind of, Mm -hmm. there's lots of different versions. There's lots of different stuff, but the one that I was taught was mafia. And I learned it when I was a counselor at a summer camp. And, uh, the greatest thing about mafia is, is that at one point there's, there's a person who's the narrator who kind of runs the game, who's kind of watching as the, the other stuff happens. 
Now we had one girl who who desperately said she because I've I've been narr- I've narrated the bulk of the games uh, that have been in, in this youth group since I became a leader of this youth group, and um, so she knows that I do it and I I do it pretty well. And but she looked at me and she goes, Perna, I I want to narrate. And I said, absolutely. I said, I would love to play while you narrate. And um, after we got done, I mean, granted, she tripped up a little bit. She had some hard, hard things to say. Like, she didn't know how to put words together the way they were supposed to. She kind of couldn't put her words together, couldn't think through to the next step. It was, but she did a good job. The game ran. It ran well. And everybody had fun. So she came up to me later, like, like almost immediately after we start, we stopped playing this game. And she's like, Mike, I didn't do that well. And she's like, I could have done this better. I could have and she looked at me and she said, I think next time I'm just going to have you do it. And I said, absolutely not. Exactly. I said, absolutely not. I said, I said, granted, if you don't want to, I'm not going to make you. But don't think that I'm going to do it just because I'm better at it. And I, Because I looked at her, I said, how many times have you done this before? And she said, this is my second time narrating Mafia. I said, I've been narrating Mafia games now for something like 10 years. So I've had 10 years of experience of figuring out how to tie in what I say in the game to the group of people I'm talking to, of how to think about my next move, of how to... No, use my my tone and where I'm standing and my physicality to make a scene progress. Spent ten years doing that. You've done it twice. <laughs> and I will continue to tell you just to keep practicing because you're never going to get better unless you keep doing it. And I think that's a, a huge part of it. Just don't stop because you think you're not good at it. Because if you stop because you think you're not good at it, you lose everything. Dude, you are totally right. And that, when we're talking about geek culture, that applies in so many different ways. Well, I don't know what attack to use. Should I use my daily or should I use my encounter power right now? Or should I just use my regular attack? You're playing D&D. I don't know. Maybe you're playing an MMO. I don't know. Should I use an AOE right now? Should I not? I don't know. And that's okay. And and even like, hey, maybe you can't quote lines from Star Wars. Or maybe you don't know the obscure characters from Lord of the Rings. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just do what you can do and ask questions and dig a little deeper next time. You know? Like, I think about, like, D&D, right? If you were to go to one of the encounters that we were talking about earlier in the show, the DM would hand you a card with a picture of your character on it, and a little description, and exactly the dice to roll, exactly maybe three or four things that your character can do, and they will show you how to do it, and it will be very, very simple. But then you might want to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and buy this player's handbook, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to learn about what the different character classes are, and what some of these different attacks are, and I have a little bit of knowledge now because I've gotten to play with this pre-made character, now, maybe next time when I come back, can I make my own character? And the DM will say, yeah, absolutely. I'll check the character before we start playing with it, but it'll be okay, you know? And they will guide you into the process. In the same way, you know, when we're in churches, you know, we don't ask the person who's brand new to go into leadership. Right. Though there are churches who do. You know, y- you say, okay, well, hey. M- Come to service. Oh, hey, well, come to Sunday school. Hey, well, come to the home group. Here's you know? here's a here's a great example for, from my own life when it comes to church. Um, in fact, I actually kind of negate what you just said because of my own experience. Um, I got saved at seventeen. My like, like literally, it was it was May of my junior year. And by the summer of my junior year, I was a youth leader. Now, I do want to clarify, I wasn't doing any teaching, but I was a youth leader. And my job was to be the junior high bouncer. (laughs) 
My job was to look big and intimidating and sit in between the kids who were talking while the message was going on. Now, that right there, I, I got asked, real simple, and I my first inclination was, I, I shouldn't, there's not a chance in the world, you can't have me teach, because at this point, I was still kind of coming out of my shell, you know, something that a lot of people don't understand when they know me now, is that when I was a kid, I was painfully shy. As like, was I. Like, wicked, wicked shy. Like, I'd cry when I met new people. And so, I was just coming out of that. And so, but but the woman who led me to Christ, she looked at me and she goes, Mike, I just need somebody to help me out here. You don't need to do anything. You just need to be here and be here for these junior high kids. I go, you know what? I can do that. So, I did that. That's one step deeper, though. That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. And so I went from that, and then she said, you know what, Mike, I really think I want you to share your testimony. So I did that. And after a while, she goes, she goes, I want you to teach here. I did that. And then, at that point, I was going to Bible college, and I was doing di- different stuff there. And at one point, you know, uh, I was working at one church, and the the guy who was the youth pastor left, and they were without a formal youth pastor, so they're like, Mike, we kind of want you to step it up. And so I said, okay. And so I stepped it up. And so I was teaching every week at that point. And it's, you know, it wasn't just a, I got slammed in. It was got, it was the people of God saying exactly like you said, here's that you're here right now. Why don't you come one step deeper? And then I did. You are, you're here now. How about you come one step deeper and so on and so on and so forth. And that is how God has orchestrated me to be where I am. Now, I'm not at an end point by any means, but at the same point, I can see that I've come a long way from where I was, and I can't wait to see where I'm going. But it's all been, you know, come one step deeper, come one step deeper. And even now, I I find myself really gravitating towards kids who find themselves like I was, who find themselves going, I'm really terrified of going one step deeper. <laughs> And so I say, all right, that's cool. Come with me here. And then we'll see what happens from here. Come with me one step. And that happens in Geek, and it happens with, with kids that come into our youth group. And and you, I'm, ama- I'm constantly amazed at what God does in the lives of people and the way he does it. Like, honestly, there was there's one guy, and he's a really cool kid, and I've always known him to be a really cool kid. But he's also a really shy kid. Like he, it took it took him a long time before he was able to like share anything, and this kid schooled us in Once Upon a Time. Hmm. Schooled us. He became a verb. We literally spent half the weekend going, "You just got Jeremy," <laughs> and you know, it's it's that that kind of stuff only happens because you know you go you go one step. Like at one point. You know, his, his mom came up to me and she, you know, she found out that I was really shy when I was a kid. And she's like, I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm a little worried about him because he's, he's just really quiet and really shy and he's so amazing. And I go, I'm just going to tell you, let him be. I said, you just got to let him be because I was the same way. And I promise you, he's going to crack and it's going to be awesome. But if you try to rip him out and take him there before he's ready, you're just going to destroy him. And so I think a lot of times when it comes to uh, entrance into the whole world of geek and and even the idea of sharing faith, sometimes we try to to get that confession, get that 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 you know three points prayer and you know everything like that. Right. And a lot of times we just have to take that one step and and be okay with that one step. And then once that one step is established, they're comfortable there. Then you, then you say. Well, what about this other step? What about this other step? You don't have to go, you know, you don't have to have a, you know, a lightsaber on day one. I wish I had one now. But (laughs) you don't go from, gosh, this geek stuff is pretty awesome to having a Darth Vader voice changer in your pocket. You don't do that. You you sit here and you, you talk about it and you enjoy it. And you find out what you like and what you don't, and you start figuring out how deep you want to go. I, I have a saying around our gaming table, I'm as geeky as the players I'm playing with. Mm. 
I there have been games that I've played of Dungeons and Dragons where I am my character. And unless I preface it with this is me talking, I will always be speaking as my character. At the same time, if people don't like that, if people aren't into that and they're not feeling it, I don't do it. I then say, I flip it and say, my guy says this. This is me speaking as him. I'm exactly as geeky as the people I'm with. And I think I think cool stuff happens when we get to that point. Yeah, man, I, I, I totally agree with you. And I just want to let, you know, anybody who's listening to this show, you know, you're a Christian and you want to get into a geeky world, trust that there are others like Mike out there who will say, I'm gonna ha- I'll help you come in. And you know what? If you're a geek and you're listening to this show, and you're interested in the Christian world, maybe you're not a believer, you don't really know what's going on with Christianity, we're here too. There are people who will invite you to come and find out. We're not going to sell to you. We're not going to force you to go and stand up in front of the church or anything like that. If, if you don't answer the altar call on the first day, we're not going to kick you out we're just we're here for you to come as far as you want to come and we'll help you do that in the geek world in the spiritual world so mike i think i think we got that i I think we i think we got what i wanted to say what said well i think the coolest thing about this is just that it's completely flowing because because ever since word go we've all just been about the whole idea of this community this idea of of people that are out there who are this way and just that it's a growing a growing community, a growing passion in people's lives. Um, and people are, are working with the tension between the two and aren't sure where to go from that. And I love the fact that this, this episode has been birthed out of the community. Right. That a lot of these people episodes, a lot of, this, a lot of these episodes have been either myself or Luke starting off by saying, I just saw this or we've been playing this, or I think it would be cool to talk about this. And all of those things are good. And all those things are fine, but this is coming from you guys. This is you guys responding to us and saying, gosh, this is kind of what's on our hearts right now. And I love that. I love that that's happening. We want to encourage that. We want to see more of that because, because you guys are what take this podcast from two guys who are bored on a Friday night to doing something that really touches people all over the country and all over the world with the idea that, that we're not alone here and that God has a place for the gamer, for the geek, for the nerd and for the outcast. And I'm so about that. And if you're interested in hanging out with us, if you're interested in talking with us, uh, the best way to do that is by heading either to our website at gamestoreprofits.com or even better. I hate to say it, but even better. Facebook.com slash game store profits. And we, if you really go ahead. As that we have a, we have a love hate relationship with Facebook, uh, especially today. Yes. We'll let that go. If you really want to play with us, you want to actually play with us. The best way to do that is by firing up star Wars, the old Republic heading over to uh burger and beggar one of the two. Right. Reagan. <laughs> and yeah, burger and burger colony. <laughs> And uh, coming to find, Verata, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> coming to <laughs> that was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> did you know there was also the name of three characters in Star Wars? Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, find us. Uh, we're Alia Emporia Profete, and you can find me. I'm Mag in the game, and I'm I'm Malik. He is Malik Thentali, uh version two, version two point and uh, you can find us in the game and come play with us, and we would love that. And, um, Mike, how can folks find out more about you? Uh, the biggest way to find me is going to be on TinkerStory.com. It has the links to all the f- fun, wonderful things that I've done. Um, I'm hoping to start getting some content on there before too much longer. However, there's this thing, as I said, I've got a wedding in, like, four months, and there's lots of stuff that needs to get done between now and then, so... Between work and ministry, there's not a whole lot of time, but, you know, keep your, you know, if you keep with me and you keep following me, there will at some point be new content on there. Um, Also, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, If you want to find out about me, I am Shadow of Cyrano, that's C-Y-R-A-N-O, 
And uh, I'm also I also have one of my fictional characters that I tweet all things about steampunk and awesomeness. Um, he is von Klockwerk. And if you were to email us, we do have an email address at gamestoreprofits at gmail.com. And if you email us there, I am the guy who answers that. So please feel free to do that. We want to hear from you so bad. Uh, Luke, how about yourself? Uh, well, if you want to listen to a guy ramble on about books and geeky things and food, you can follow me on Twitter, at Luke Navarro. And uh, again, the show is a Game Store Profits Game Store. Uh, Game Store Profits and Facebook.com slash Game Store Profits Mike. Again, thank you for uh, juggling the schedule and uh, enduring I, a bit of a this cold. Point, at this point, I'm just happy that my voice kind of sort of held out for you this podcast. You made it, man. You made it. I, I, I think we did just fine. Uh, and so, folks, as always, we remind you that God is the Game Master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs>